welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone. In your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children and all God's creation. As we push our way through these darkened days, let us never lose sight of the divine light within and around us, because it is everywhere we move, when we dare to see beyond the physical. And the divine light is not limited to any particular race, group, or religion. It matters not wealth or poverty, for it is the life stream within each and every individual, and its mighty power and protection is readily accessible and love and acknowledge the power within of our mighty I Am Presence. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. Mankind is in danger. O people of the world! The dawn of the Sun of Reality is assuredly for the illumination of the world and for the manifestation of mercy. In the assemblage of the family of Adam results and fruits are praiseworthy, and the holy bestowals of every bounty are abundant. It is an absolute mercy and a complete bounty, the illumination of the world, fellowship and harmony, love and union, nay, rather, mercifulness and oneness, the elimination of discord and the unity of whosoever are on the earth in the utmost of freedom and dignity. The blessed beauty said, All are the fruits of one tree and the leaves of one branch. He likened the world of existence to one tree and all the souls to leaves, blossoms and fruits. Therefore, all the branches, leaves, blossoms and fruits must be in the utmost of freshness, and the bringing about of this delicacy and sweetness depends upon union and fellowship. Therefore, they must assist each other with all their power and seek everlasting life. Thus, the friends of God must manifest the mercy of the compassionate Lord in the world of existence and must show forth the bounty of the visible and invisible King. They must purify their sight, and look upon mankind as the leaves, blossoms and fruits of the tree of creation, and must always be thinking of doing good to someone, of love, consideration, affection and assistance to somebody. They must see no enemy and count no one as an ill-wisher. They must consider everyone on the earth as a friend, regard the stranger as an intimate, and the alien as a companion. They must not be bound by any tie, nay, rather, they should be free from every bond. In this day the one who is favored in the threshold of grandeur is the one who offers the cup of faithfulness and bestows the pearl of gift to the enemies, even to the fallen oppressor, lends a helping hand, and considers every bitter foe as an affectionate friend. These are the commands of the blessed beauty, These are the counsels of the greatest name. O ye dear friends! The world is engaged in war and struggle, and mankind is in the utmost conflict and danger. The darkness of unfaithfulness has enshrouded the earth and the illumination of faithfulness has become concealed. All nations and tribes of the world have sharpened their claws and are warring and fighting with each other. The edifice of man is shattered. Thousands of families are wandering disconsolate. Thousands of souls are besmeared with dust and blood in the arena of battle and struggle every year, and the tent of happiness and life is overthrown. The prominent men become commanders and boast of bloodshed, and glory in destruction. 
One says, I have severed with my sword the necks of a nation, and one, I have leveled a kingdom to the dust, and another, I have overthrown the foundation of a government. This is the pivot around which the pride and glory of mankind are revolving. In all regions friendship and uprightness are denounced and reconciliation and regard for truth are despised. The herald of peace, reformation, love and reconciliation is the religion of the blessed beauty which has pitched its tent on the apex of the world and proclaimed its summons to the people. Then, O ye friends of God! Appreciate the value of this precious revelation, move and act in accordance with it and walk in the straight path in the right way. Show it to the people. Raise the melody of the kingdom and spread abroad the teachings and ordinances of the loving Lord so that the world may become another world, the darkened earth may become illumined, and the dead body of the people may obtain new life. Every soul may seek everlasting life through the breath of the merciful. Life in this mortal world will quickly come to an end, and this earthly glory, wealth, comfort and happiness will soon vanish and be no more. Summon ye the people to God and call the souls to the manners and conduct of the supreme concourse. To the orphans be ye kind fathers, and to the unfortunate a refuge and shelter. To the poor be a treasure of wealth, and to the sick a remedy and healing. Be a helper of every oppressed one, the protector of every destitute one, be ye ever mindful to serve any soul of mankind. Attach no importance to self-seeking, rejection, arrogance, oppression and enmity. Heed them not. Deal in the contrary way. Be kind in truth, not only in appearance and outwardly. Every soul of the friends of God must concentrate his mind on this, that he may manifest the mercy of God and then the bounty of the forgiving one. He must do good to every soul whom he encounters, and render benefit to him, becoming the cause of improving the morals and correcting the thoughts so that the light of guidance may shine forth and the bounty of his holiness the merciful one may encompass. Love is light in whatsoever house it may shine, and enmity is darkness in whatsoever abode it dwells. O friends of God! Strive ye so that this darkness may be utterly dispelled, and the hidden mystery may be revealed, and the realities of things made evident and manifest. Abdul Baha, Baha'i World Faith Isis Unveiled, Chapter 15 Quite recently a certain Reverend Dunlop Moore, of New Brighton, Pennsylvania, determined to show his cleverness and piety at a single stroke, attacked the statement made by a theosophist in a discourse delivered at the cremation of Baron de Palm, that the code of Manu existed a thousand years before Moses. All Orientalists of any note, he says, are now agreed that the Institutes of Manu were written at different times. The oldest part of the collection probably dates from the 6th century before the Christian era. Whatever other Orientalists, encountered by this Pennsylvania pundit, may think, Sir William Jones is of a different opinion. It is clear, he says, that the laws of Manu, such as we possess them, and which comprise but 680 shlokas, cannot be the work attributed to Samadhi, which is probably that described under the name of Vridamanava or ancient code of Manu, which has not yet been entirely reconstructed, although many passages of the book have been preserved by tradition, and are often cited by commentators. We read in the preface to a treatise on legislation by Narada, says Jacolio, written by one of his adepts, a client of Brahmanical power, Manu having written the laws of Brahma, in 100,000 shlokas, or distichs, which formed 24 books and a thousand chapters, gave the work to Narada, 
the sage of sages, who abridged it for the use of mankind to twelve thousand verses, which he gave to a son of Brighau, named Samadhi, who, for the greater convenience of man, reduced them to four thousand. Here we have the opinion of Sir William Jones, who in 1794, affirmed that the fragments in possession of the Europeans could not be the ancient code of Manu, and that of Louis Jacolio, who, in 1868, after consulting all the authorities, and adding to them the result of his own long and patient research, writes the following. The Hindu laws were codified by Manu more than 3,000 years before the Christian era, copied by the whole of antiquity, and notably by Rome, which alone has left us a written law, the Code of Justinian, which has been adopted as the basis of all modern legislations. H. P. Blavatsky In another volume, entitled Krishna et la Christ, in a scientific arraignment of a pious, albeit very learned Catholic antagonist, M. Texter de Revisi, who seeks to prove that the orthography of the name Krishna is not warranted by its Sanskrit spelling, and has the worst of it, Jacolio remarks, we know that the legislator Manu is lost in the night of the anti-historical period of India, and that no Indianist has dared to refuse him the title of the most ancient lawgiver in the world. p. 350. But Jacolio had not heard of the Reverend Dunlop Moore. This is why, perhaps, he and several other Indiologists are preparing to prove that many of the Vedic texts, as well as those of Manu, sent to Europe by the Asiatic Society of Calcutta, are not genuine texts at all but mostly due to the cunning tentative efforts of certain Jesuit missionaries to mislead science, by the help of apocryphal works calculated at once to throw upon the history of ancient India a cloud of uncertainty and darkness, and on the modern Brahmins and Pundits, a suspicion of systematical interpolation. These facts, he adds, which are so well established in India that they are not even brought in question, must be revealed to Europe. Krishna et la Christ, p. 347. Moreover, the Code of Manu, known to European Orientalists, as that one which is commented upon by Brighau, does not even form a part of the ancient Manu called the Vrita Manava. Although but small fragments of it have been discovered by our scientists, it does exist as a whole in certain temples, and Jacolio proves that the texts sent to Europe disagree entirely with the same texts as found in the pagodas of southern India. We can also cite for our purpose Sir William Jones, who, complaining of Kalika, remarks that the latter seems in his commentaries to have never considered that the laws of Manu are restricted to the first three ages. Translation of Manu and Commentaries H. P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 14 Blessed ones, our octave is the master presence of the sacred fire's love where only perfection exists, and therefore, if you are going to master conditions in this world, if you are going to be master over them instead of having to live under them, you are going to have to use that word mastery. But don't in the outer let the human say, well, I'm going to master this thing. And the first thing the sinister force says is, oh is that so? Well, now we'll see who has got the most energy. And then the battle royal is on. But when you call our sacred fire, our Aloha mastery, and its sacred firepower to control all in this world, that's a wholly different thing. Do you know why? Because the sinister force doesn't want to meet us, and we are in that sacred fire. That's our life. That's our control. That's our authority. That's our power. They don't want to meet us. 
So, if you want to live in our world, and you want us to live with you, we have already abided with you all through these centuries by the sevenfold flame in your forehead. You have had part of our life within you. You have had the sacred fire from your presence, the electronic body, that sacred fire is in your own heart. So now if you want the world around you our mastery of the sacred fire's love and blessings without limit, you use your authority. You exert your feeling and love for our perfection. You issue the command, and we lower the fulfillment of your call into your outer experience and for your use. And you can be clothed in this, while the sinister force must pass you by. I so want to relieve you of your problems, your struggle, and the strain, and the things that are imposed upon you, precious ones. If you could see sometimes what comes into your world through radiation alone, just through conditions in which you pass, you would arise with a fierce determination to have your freedom, from which nothing could turn you aside. So, just be happy children, and come and live with us, and we will come and live with you. Beloved Aloha Marayan. We have called on you many times, but you didn't hear us. Do you know why the sinister force gets your attention so many times, and we don't? Because it makes you so uncomfortable in your feeling that you keep the attention on the discomfort. Isn't that so? Alright, now you come to us, and you want to be comfortable, then draw the sacred fire of our love, and you demand our aloha mastery over this world. You demand our aloha mastery over everything in this world blaze its sacred fire love into you and into everything around you, and you will become so comfortable in that, that you won't want to listen to the sinister force. And the more comfortably you desire to live, the more power we can exert to flood you with our perfection. So, if we can have your attention upon the comfort and the peace and the love of our sacred fire mastery, if we can have your attention, we can pour it into you and your world. So, when the discord knocks at your front door, if I were you I would say, I'm in conference, and you're not available to the destructive forces. I'm quite sure you will profit by the experience. So, blessed ones, just accept our love tonight. Oh, we are so willing to give you everything? We so want you free from distress. We want to spend our time and energy flooding your beings and worlds with perfection that's to be here forever. So come, give us your attention, and let us reward you for your willingness to draw into this world that which will bless life for eternity. Beloved Aloha Marayan.